popped by my daughter's house the other day. What day was it? Friday was my daughter Amy's birthday. And uh, she's the one with, um, she and her wife have a four-year-old and a two-month-old baby. And uh, Amy was able to set her business aside. She's a therapist. So she was able to set her business aside before the baby was born. And then um, Kim, who is an essential worker, got before the pandemic was able to take off three months of parent leave. And the day the child was born in the hospital was the day that the hospital went on lockdown. So, and they did that while I was there. So I did get to visit the newborn. I got to hold her, um, but I haven't since been able to hold her. I, I did pop over there, dropped off a bunch of flowers uh, for her, for my daughter. Took over some cupcakes because of Jameson, because he loves cupcakes. And uh, we were social distancing. But anyway, so I, I sat down for a few minutes and uh, was visiting with them and, you know, you know checking in on how... Um, they checked in with me on how I was doing and how's Alistair doing and we shared. And, and then I asked them, how, how are you doing with the lockdown? And Kim just started um, one day back at work going into the office and the other day she works from home. And uh, Kim leaned back in her chair and she said, yeah, my mom asked me that the other day. Her mom lives in Maryland. And I texted her back and said, you know, I'm really, really tired of babysitting my parents' grandchildren. <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious. I can completely understand. <laughs> so we all had a good laugh about that. But, uh, but it was, you know, I could see the pain. Uh, in both my daughter and uh, her wife's heart in the struggle. I mean, they love their children. They're fabulous parents. And, uh, and it's a struggle. It's been very, very challenging at times. And they can still laugh about it. Um, I thought it was a really great example for, for myself of You know, when we have pain in our heart, it's so easy to look for somebody to blame. And uh, sometimes we have real easy targets. (laughs) You know, we can think that because somebody has said something nasty to us or um, so completely not aligned with our own views of how the world should operate. And then we feel maybe a pain in our heart. Um, and we, and we want to blame that other person uh, who's un- that, that person's unskillfulness for the pain that we feel. But this practice shows us 
this training, one of the beautiful factors of this training is that we can learn, recognize, and know, and have the experience of pain without blame, you know, without projection, without resentment. You can actually feel the pain and not move from there, not take the mind and reach out, you know, it's your fault. It's, uh, and it's not, you know, so, so, so that very simple example of seeing mothers exasperated, <laughs> exhausted, uh, a bit of, you know, pain being felt in that moment. Uh, and being a mother myself, I could really, I was present with that feeling of, oh my gosh, yes. It's so hard sometimes. It's really hard to see your child in pain. <laughs> and there was, you know, but there's nothing I can do about it, but be there with them. Um, but there was no projection on their part. We all had a good laugh. No projection, no blame, no resentment, just pain, just the experience. And then the next moment, no pain. Next moment, we've moved on to watching Jameson devour one of the cupcakes and get chocolate all over his face. I was listening this morning, I was listening to some, um, some morning talks that Abaya Giri gives were giving during the winter, their winter retreat. And I just happened upon, which I hadn't seen before, they had, uh, Lumpur Pasana had read a couple of, um, for a couple of days in a row, three days in a row, he read from this book. It's a, a new book that was just sent to him. So a new translation of the Theragata Enlightened Nuns, poems of the Enlightened Nuns. And I listened to all three of those, they're half hour each. It's so inspiring. It's a beautiful translation. Um, um, I wrote down a couple of them. They're very short. He does some question and answers. That's at the end of two of them, two of those mornings. So that's why they're half an hour, but, uh, but he reads many of them as well. But there are a couple that really uh, struck me. So I thought I'd share these with you this morning and my printer here at the center is out of ink and uh, I don't have the money to go buy new ink. So <laughs> I just sent it to my cell phone. So I'm gonna read it from my phone. So the title of the book is The First Free Women and it is uh, written by Maddie Weingast, The First Free Women by Maddie Weingast. So the first one was written by a woman that I'm going to read. The first one was written by a woman, uh, a nun named Genta. I was forever getting lost. 
until one day the Buddha told me, to walk this path, you will need seven friends. Mindfulness, curiosity, courage, joy, calm, stillness, and perspective. For many years, these friends and I have traveled together, sometimes wandering in circles, sometimes taking the long way around. There were days when I thought I couldn't go on. There were days when I thought I was finally beaten. It's scary to give all of yourself to just one thing. What if you don't make it? Oh, my heart, you don't have to go it alone. Train yourself to train just a little more gently. I thought that was really um, beautiful. You know, as a even the exchange with Kim, uh, it was very gentle, and there was pain, and there was laughter, and we carried on, and there's still pain. <laughs> and there'll be more laughter, and we'll still carry on. You know, and we're doing this together. You know, but when we can't do this together, when we're at home by ourselves, we still have these seven factors. And so these are, are, these are seven friends. These are seven factors of enlightenment. The, the first one, mindfulness, that's a friend. The first one of the factors is also mindfulness. This, the, one for, uh, the second friend that we can develop within our own mind and our own heart is curiosity. Um, second factor of awakening is investigation. So of course we investigate because we're curious, being curious about when our heart moves, when we reach out, why, why do we do that? And that takes courage, that's a third friend. The factor of enlightenment, the courage is determination, or sometimes also known as energy. You know, determination, it takes courage. Sometimes we don't feel like we can go on. I mean, just a couple of days ago, just about three days ago, I had a strong moment. <laughs> based on a reaction I was having uh, to some information that I received. And I had a strong moment of, I can't do this. I just, I can't do this. I just felt disheartened. And I, just, I really do not feel like I can go on. And then, oh, bringing up, you know, being mindful of, oh, this is a feeling of despair. I'm suffering, my heart hurts, you know? And it, it's hurting because I'm blaming some information that I've just received on being too much for me to bear. That's why it hurts, but it's just information. It's just life. This is, this is reality. This is what happens. So I don't have to suffer just because my heart hurts. I don't have to add this fear 
that I can't go on, that I, I can't do this. I don't have to add that fear. It's even while I'm feeling that, I'm going on. I'm, I'm not, I haven't disappeared. <laughs> I haven't given up. You know, this, okay, bring up some, so, so there's mindfulness, curiosity, and now courage that, no, I can bear this. I am bearing this. It's just my heart hurts. That's all. It's just pain. And, and pain is so much easier to bear than that second arrow of blame. Uh, and, and that blame can be just information uh, or it can be searching for uh, a person to blame. But that's a second arrow. It's like, no, just, and that's reaching out. That's the mind going out and coming back and just being with, oh, this hurts. That's all it is. Oh, this is just pain. It's just exhaustion or whatever it is. And when we can do that and recognize that we can be with the object of pain and not add blame or resentment onto this pain, then there's relief. There's this, this relief um, because the added uh, suffering you know, dissipates. And then when we see this and recognize it, a joy, a natural, easy joy can arise. And that's the fourth friend, joy. It's the same in the seven factors. Joy is the fourth friend, which means everything settles. We can feel the body settle, the mind settles. It doesn't, it's not running out. It's not searching for, you know, not reaching out beyond its own internal experience. It's not seeking beyond its own experience to try to understand what's going on, not just come back, it's just pain. Oof, that takes courage. Relief and joy arises. And that's very calming to the mind and the body. The sixth one is stillness or uh, uh, in, um, the seven factors, it's concentration or samadhi, right? Concentration, samadhi. It's a, it's a mind that's settled and present. You know, it's not, it isn't searching or reaching or going beyond anything other than the present experience. So there's a stillness. And then the seventh friend is perspective you know, the right perspective, right understanding. Uh, in uh, the factors of awakening, it's um, equanimity. It's uh, accepting reality without craving or aversion, without grasping or pushing away, but just the right perspective, which right perspective is not going to have grasping. Uh, or, or um, aversion, and neither does equanimity. It's just at peace. 
and present and awake. So the, um, you know, the lovely idea of remembering that this training actually develops, you know, a, a sangha of wholesome relationships in our heart and mind. And we don't have to have others in order to, to uh, nourish this friendship in our own hearts. That's what this practice is about. We can be um, the, uh, we don't have to find peace out in the world. We can be the peace in the world. And the more each of us develop these very mature uh, relationships in our, between our heart and our mind, between our mind and our heart, the more that we mature these friendships in our heart and mind, the more we are bringing peace in the world. The more people that do this, the more peace there is in the world. You know, so being involved in a community that's working in this training, that's training in this way, is being involved with not just the maturing, wholesome relationship internally, but then we're involved with it externally as well in others as we're developing in, in ourselves and each other. These are the people I wanna be around. I have to be around people. <laughs> and then the second um, enlightened nun, her name was Dantika. I meant to write the meaning of their names, but I forgot to. I think Genta means courage, but I don't remember what Dantika means. But anyway, she says, while walking along the river after a long day meditating on Vulture Peak, I watched an elephant splashing its way out of the water and up the bank. Hello, my friend, a man waiting there said, scratching the elephant behind its ear. Did you have a good bath? The elephant stretched out its leg, the man climbed up, and the two rode off like that together. Seeing what had once been so wild, now a friend and companion to this good man, I took a seat under the nearest tree and reached out a gentle hand to my own mind. Truly, I thought, this is why I came to the woods. Oh, that was really lovely, that image. Um, an, an enlightened nun sharing that up to that moment of the mind being fully trained. Up to that moment, there were still times where it was wild, especially in the beginning and in the middle, but not in the end. <laughs> you know, still, uh, I mean, and I, I just felt that the other day, 
I felt this wildness in my mind and in and the result in my heart was, you know, suffering um, because of the untrained, because my mind is not un completely trained yet. But having this practice and recognizing that, oh, <laughs> this is a painful heart that is now, now, and my mind has gone out looking for blame. I can blame information or another person and then I suffer. You know, it's just such, uh, it's so heartening for me as a woman hearing of women's stories of enlightenment and how they all acknowledge in the beginning, it's not so easy, you know, and in training the mind itself, it's not easy. And, and it takes obviously lifetimes, but uh, it takes a long, a lot of hard work. It takes a mindfulness, curiosity, courage, joy, calm, stillness, and perspective, right perspective. Um, but with these uh, friends in tow, just like the elephant was once wild, is now a friend of this gentleman. He's been trained, the, 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 I don't know if it was a he or a she, but the elephant had been trained and now is no longer wild and they're friends. They're doing this together and they walk off together. And this is what the nun was saying. She sees this and that's what's happened with her. One day she reached out with a friendly hand to her mind. You know, this gesture, this attitude of friendliness. She reached back to it. So when we feel our heart in pain and immediately jump into suffering, not wanting the pain and suffering over it. And it, it happens like this, you know, but so we, it's so hard to catch that that moment, you know, that uh, train, but we can train our minds so that one day we start to catch the pain as pain and we see and feel and witness and know I'm reaching out, looking for the blame and I resent, I found it and I resent it and then I put it. <laughs> Stab myself with it. This is suffering. Oh. You know, they shouldn't be like this. He shouldn't have said that. She should know better. You know, we just we just add more suffering. But when we recognize, okay, now I'm suffering. Where's the pain? It's just, can I just be with the pain? <laughs> Come back and be with just the pain. Let go of the projections. And recognize, see that the pain is actually separate from the blame and the resentment. And when we can see this, we can turn our attention away from the blame and resentment and stay with the experience of pain. It's just pain. It's uncomfortable. That's all it is. It feels like this, going into the body, 
feeling it, being friendly, accepting, curious. How did I get here? Staying with pain, staying with that heartache. Oh, it's just sadness. Whew, I'm lonely. Whew. I'm insecure. Whew. I don't want to be insecure. Okay, that's all it is. <laughs> or whatever, whatever's going on for us. Ooh, I can't do this. That's a that's a scary feeling. Oh, I can't do this. I can't, I can't stay here. I cannot be with this pain. It's too much. And even while we're saying this, we're with it. Relaxing the body with the experience of a painful heart, an ache. It takes courage. And just sitting there with it, not feeding it with by reaching out with other thoughts or blame or resentment. Don't just come back. That's where that takes courage. And that courage, that reward will be relief and joy and recognizing this works. These are my friends. Oh, I'm, these, are, these are the ones I'm going to feed. Mindfulness, curiosity, courage, joy, calm, stillness, and right perspective. 